Reviews are going to go from two hours to three hours, folks. So you just oh, yeah. buckle up. Just buckle up. Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. I'm Emilio. Let's get the show on the road. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your sewage situation? Is it fixed yet? Yeah, did I not? Yeah, you talked about it last week. Yeah, I talked about yeah. it. Yeah, it was... Uh, completely fixed okay just make it yeah sure. yeah everything's all good man i've been shitting awesome. freely dude it's been fantastic <laughs> uh, because of yeah, earlier shitting and signing up in my front yard it's you know great time yeah yeah <laughs> I, I could send it down the toilet without having to see it again it's great that's great yeah it's always nice all so right. it's on the radar for you guys this week yeah let's get right into it a uh, couple of big announcements recently so we knew that concerned ape the creator of stardew valley was working on a new game and he was going to be releasing details soon and he just released some this week the game is called haunted chocolatier and he released a two-minute gameplay trailer well a two-minute trailer with a lot of gameplay in it and the game is identical graphically to stardew valley I mean, you'd look at it and you'd think, oh, this looks like a Stardew Valley mod, almost. Um, yeah. But he has described it as um, you're working, you're running a chocolate shop, basically. Mm -hmm. Not quite Willy Wonka, but I'm wondering if it's one of those um, shopkeeper games, like, um, what was that game, Moonlighter? Uh-huh. Yeah, like that. I don't know. He says it's not fully, like, it's not feature complete yet. Like, all, uh, the, all okay. the parts of the games are not quite there. But you can tell, like, the combat looks just like Stardew Valley. You can, you know, gift things to people, apparently, and the little heart pops up just like Stardew Valley. So it looks like it's going to be very similar to that game, but in a new world and probably a different gameplay loop. Not, Man, why not, dude? Yeah. Do you think he, yeah. uh, I think he probably did this just to save himself so much time, like having to like build a new engine or anything. Like he's just like, fuck it. Might as well use the same Stardew Valley engine and everything. Mm -hmm. And just, and, and the, some of the assets and some of the colors and everything just to save time. But when, when my, one of my friends linked this to me, I was like, dude, is this, isn't this just like Stardew Valley with extra steps or like combat? Cause it, well, there's combat the trailer, in Stardew Valley. Like, yeah. That's it. Isn't the, well, when you go down into the mines, it's a big part of the game, actually, because you get a lot of stuff down in the mines. Um, but yeah, there's a there's combat in it. Um, with Moonlighter, that was like kind of half the game. You go out there, you, you fight in this dungeon, you collect a bunch of rewards, depending on how good you do, and then you bring that and you set up your shop there. Um, but I don't know if this is going to be one of those. I, I don't know what they call that genre, but I've played a few games in it. The the shopkeep games. <laughs> I don't think it's a genre, dude. I think that's the only one that ever did it that no, way. No, no. You bought me a game that was the exact same thing, but not as good. But the game was like 10 years older. I can't but, remember. But the you go out and fight to get the stuff? Yeah, you go out, you fight, you oh. grab stuff, you bring it back to your shop, yeah. and you, you try to sell it. Their shopkeeper games were all you're doing is you're the shopkeeper and you have to, yeah, you, you literally like make stuff. potions and then yeah, sell you shit make potions, or you just yeah. sell shit. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, I, because it's the one dude, I'm sure he has help now, but like he saved himself 50% of production just because he used the same engine or a similar engine. Oh well, yeah. He's got a lot of the assets there. And yeah. And I don't, I don't find anything wrong with that at all. You know, neither do I. Yeah. And the it, graphics, it, it's not about the graphics. Um, it's about gameplay. Mm -hmm. That's what made it a massive, massive success. So I hope uh, I hope it works out for him. He needs some money. 
<laughs> yeah, no, totally. What do you think his bank account's looking like? What do you like? What, what do you? How much money did he actually profit from Stardew Valley? Uh, a lot. They talked about oh, that man. in the book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, yeah. when he interviewed him. Um, yeah, he was ridiculous, ridiculously rich after that. But it was talking about how he still. What happens with people like that? They still kind of live their same lifestyle. It talked about how he was still tri- driving the same old beat up car, even though he had like millions of dollars sitting in the bank account. That game, I mean, you can see how many copies that game sold. I mean, it it sold a ton of copies. Um, so I'm sure he's doing very well. He's got something on there. 34 million. Is that what the game? I can't read that little right. Uh, it says his net worth is estimated oh. at 34 million. Yeah, good for him. Damn. God, damn. Good for him, man. Wow. That's someone who really fucking did all that shit by himself. Changed his name to Bobby Bottle Service, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Bottle Service. I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I only heard it from you, dude. Like, I think you uh, played the video once. Oh, or no. Probably. Just brought it up. Well, it was a character that Nick Kroll did yeah. for a long time. And then on his, his show, Kroll Show, he had this ad that was Bobby Bottle Service, full service wedding service about his videography company. Yeah. <laughs> it was, did it hit home a little bit? Uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Steam is having some like tabletop... Um, event oh yeah like that tabletop rpg thing yeah tabletop rpg thing and basically what all these events mean usually is you know everything within the category is being live streamed and if it's not being like and it's all scheduled and if it's already happened then you can watch the whole live stream you know post Mm -hmm. and um and you know a lot of times the developers talking about it or whatever or they got like uh some streamer to play it or whatever anyway um so they're pushing all this right now, and I found something I I really liked. Um, it's called Stolen Realm. Realm. Uh, so I was going through my fucking um, my queue, and it was the last thing on my queue. And Luna loves smashing my keyboard, and I she closed Steam, and I could not find. I I thought it was Stone Realm. So I'm fucking searching for this thing for <laughs> 10 goddamn minutes. And I, then I realized I just have to fucking, I'm going to have to just scroll, like go into the category and just mm-hmm. look for it. Uh, yeah. So it took me about 10, 10 minutes. But you knew the word realm. You, you didn't no, I didn't know realm. Oh, I, just, okay. I thought uh, it was Couldn't stone, you just, couldn't you just look something. at your browsing history on Steam? Isn't there a database of that? I don't know. I don't know I if there is. Click through. Because <laughs> doesn't uh, every single page have its own URL? No, because I was on the browser. I mean, I was on the the, the UI. Uh, yeah, so it probably okay. just flashed by. I didn't actually go to the page. Yeah, I'm done. Anyway, so graphically, it looks a lot like uh, For the King, maybe a little more pulled out than that. Um, very yeah, minimalist graphics, I guess, but everything you need. Like, it, it's not something I would complain complain about because of the gameplay and how it looked. So uh, I watched a live stream of it. Uh, four people were playing at the same time. You could have up to six. And what it seems to me from what I saw, I watched for about five minutes, ten minutes. Um, it seems to be like a a tactical turn based kind of like kind of like divinity, but it doesn't take as long. It's more like action based. I think that everybody at the same time puts in what they're going to do. And then yeah. as soon as it has all the all the inputs, then it plays it out. 
and then and plays the, it out. Yeah. Okay. And people and it and at the end of it, it looks like it's almost like because it's happening so quick, um, it almost seems like real time. But then they'll stop and be like, dude, do you want me to do this or do you want me to do that? Um and then the characters are all, you know, your archetypes, your your ranger, your mage, all that stuff. But they were talking about uh, dual classing and stuff. So it's got depth and it's got action. Uh, I think it's lacking story. I don't think that that was the main uh, selling point here. And that's fine with me. Like, fucking, I just skipped through all that shit anyway. So it's just like, (laughs) it's uh, dungeon delving, um, looting, all all the great uh, stuff that you want from an RPG. and, And multiplayer. Like... I'm like, what the fuck? It's a this six is... player co op. Yeah, six player co op. I'm fucking super into this idea. That's a lot of co op. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm digging the, it. So the game is available right now. It's about twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the reviews again? What what percentage is it at? But not a lot of people own it. Yeah. They're high, but only eighty five reviews. Yeah, only eighty five <laughs> wait till the DLT bump. Uh but ninety one percent. Uh, out of those 85. Those 85 people could just be friends and family, by the way. So don't, mm. be careful, man. Be careful. But yeah, I, I liked what I saw, for sure. Mm, nice. That's pretty cool. I like. I think I think games like this, especially ones that are getting like public eye, have the chance of like doing really cool, like really well, especially if they kind of share a little bit of similarities like with For the King. So, man, you never know. It might fucking just skyrocket. So. And October 14th, it just came out. It's been out mm. for ten days, so yeah. Uh, take a look at it, guys. It's called uh, Forgotten Realm, Stolen Realm, Stolen Realm, Stolen <laughs> Realms. Forgotten in your memory. Jesus <laughs> um, <laughs> Christ! As far as what's on my uh, on my radar, um, I got something kind of spoiled for me from a website that is known for spoilers. So there is a website known as MTG Spoiler, and it's a website that uh, specifically um, shows you cards from the next set based off of, like, leaks and things like that. So I was like, fuck it. I'll take a look, see what new cards are coming out in the new set. It'll be pretty cool. Well, it turns out that for the first time in a long time, we are getting uh, in Magic two sets from the same area. So the newest set is going to be called Innistrad Crimson Vow. And so we're going to be staying in Innistrad, which is the werewolfy vampire zombie place. And, but this half of the set is going to be focused around vampires. Hmm. And so, yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I, um, it, they fucking killed it with this set. So why not just expand on it? Yeah, um, the 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 thing that everybody's perking up for after this though is uh, Kamigawa. Um, for those who do know and don't know, uh, Kamigawa is one of the most controversial sets ever uh, in Magic: The Gathering history. It's the set uh, that they decided to um, reveal the Japanese pantheon of uh, Shinto and other Japanese religions as cards. And uh, also like samurai uh, and Bushido, like a uh, symbolism and stuff like that as cards. And that didn't really go too well. Uh, 
Um, a lot of Japanese people got angry. A lot of people in the West got angry. And it was one of the most ill-received um, uh, sets. sets. Um, in surprise of everybody, the set after this new one, the first set of 2022, will be Kamigawa Neon Genesis. Yeah, you said it was like uh, cyberpunk or something, right? Yeah, so everybody's like, "Oh, this is this is weird." Well, they'll probably just stay away from all that stuff. I remember in Smite, that was they got some heat because um, you know, in Smite you're playing as gods in different pantheons, pantheons. Mm-hmm. and uh some of those religions are still strong active. And, yeah, <laughs> active. Uh, especially the Hindu religion. Was it, yeah, Hindu, right? Hindu, so you play yeah, as Hindu. uh God, what's it? Kali? And Kali's like this, like sexy six arm chick with big tits. But like, if you look at religious depictions of her, it's you know she's not sexy in a in a bikini. So uh, it, they got some heat for that too. But I don't know. I don't think it affects purchases that much. Hmm. Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be pretty interesting once we get to the point of seeing what will happen compared to what has happened. I think they're going to go completely different route. I think they're going to have a lot of the mechanics with the ninjutsu and stuff like that, but I'm just happy that they're going to be doing a bunch of cool shit uh, with a, a bunch of different IP, like Lord of the Rings yeah, and some other ones. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. <clears throat> hey, Nick, um, so I completed the mastery tree. Um, you know, when you put those little gems in the thing, yeah. and it says that this is going to... Uh, this tree like expires in 14 days. I just finished uh-huh. it today. Does that mean that this new set's going to be out in 14 days? Yep. Oh, the okay. pre-release on magic, the gathering arena is actually earlier than it is in real life. And so the newest set will be out in magic, the gathering arena before, um, before paper version is out. So in 14 days, either 14 or 15, I don't know if they have a day buffer or not. But in 14 days, they will, uh, 14 or 15 days, the new set, the Innistrad Crimson Vow will be out. And speaking of which, uh, I just won a draft today. I went six victories and I made a vampire deck and it worked pretty well. Yeah, they. It, I, I'm ready for some new cards. Yeah, vampires are already strong. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. A couple of episodes ago, I mentioned Darkest Dungeon 2 was coming out, but I didn't know the release date. And somebody had made a comment on our YouTube channel um, saying that it was October 26th. And I feel like I knew that, but had forgotten it. But yes, the release date of Darkest Dungeon 2 is October 26th, Holy the shit. day that this episode is coming out. That is the early access release date, by the way. Okay. And that it's only on Epic Games. Yes. Yeah. And they've re- recently released a a trailer that shows off a lot of the gameplay that they were describing. And it looks absolutely beautiful. It's the same type of um, illustrations. But to see them in motion when the cart is moving at that angle, I don't know. There's something, it, it just seems so fluid and alive. Like it just looks so different than what I'm used to, all that 2D stuff. Mm. Um, so it looks really cool. I'm excited about it. I really like how they're doing more of an Oregon Trail type game, uh, roguelike, where you have one set of characters that go on a very long journey. And it's about managing just the gear of those characters. And 
Um, but it's still going to have that same great gameplay with the, the turn-based combat. Fuck yeah, And it looks dude. like a lot of the same characters. The animations just look so incredible to me <laughs> to see the characters move yeah. like that. Because they don't, they don't really move a whole lot. It's very static in the first Darkest yeah. Dungeon. And even when they quote-unquote do move in the other game, it's a... Uh... It's like instantaneous. Like when they attack, like it's one animation that's like mm-hmm. a wind up, and then it's the after animation where it's where they they've swung already. Yeah, it's like it's, five frames, maybe the whole yeah. animation. And now and it's very flat some, and two dimensional. Yeah. This this has some depth to it. That it looks really good. so good. It looks so good. Um, Bobby, is this a day one purchase on Epic Games? <laughs> <laughs> on Epic Games? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see. It, it I don't know. Who are you, Bobby? Yeah, what's it gonna you know, take? I'm calling it right. I'm calling it right now. What's uh, it this gonna game take? is going to be the game of the weeks. All right. Yeah. It's going to be game of the weeks at, because no one cares about the game that we're playing right now. And it's going to be script <laughs> for the game of the weeks. It's going to be game of the weeks for the next two weeks. We're going to come back. We're going to play it. Bobby's going to be beating it like six times. He's going to be like, I discovered all the extra fucking super characters and secret <laughs> characters. I got the abomination. He's that weird guy named Craig that scares everybody. Because last time we fucking talked about this game, we were like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> he oh, you super mean cool. And he's like, oh, that guy? That guy's just the abomination. <laughs> and it was just like some character we've never seen before. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I am excited about this game, but I've I've got two other games that I've been meaning to play, too. Eternal Cylinder, which I haven't got too far in. I know I said I was going to play that this week, but I just didn't have a whole lot of time. And I ended up playing a lot more Back, uh, back for Blood than I thought I would. Um, actually, I kind of knew I was going to play more of that. Uh, and also Dark Side Detective, the uh, second season of that had come out too. So I've got a lot of things on my plate here, a lot going on. So yeah, Darkest Dungeon 2 at some point. Uh, but Eternal Cylinder is also on Epic Games, right? Only? Um, yes. Yeah. They're going to get your money, Bobby. They're going to get it. From Epic Games, it's all right. They gave me a ton of free games, Billion which I games. actually play. Yeah. I actually play the free games, which... What's I'm the like, Darkest Dungeon price? Uh, what good, is the price? Good fucking... I don't, I don't know. The, the original Darkest Dungeon... Doesn't matter. He's willing to fucking... He's, he's going to throw <laughs> money at this one. Well, the one first one was, trouble. what, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, somewhere right around there? I believe it was 20 and then it went up to 25 at full release. And they were the first game that did that, and we were like, that's the move. Um, what I, small complaint already is that like, they were one of the shining examples of doing early access correctly. Like Mm -hmm. they fucking killed it. Like looked very cool at the beginning that drew, drew interest, got a little bit of money, put that in production and they did that for like two years and then eventually it came out and everybody loved it and you know, it, it was, a, you know, one of the few real uh, DRG is up there too. Did an awesome job of yeah. it. But now I feel like you have the money. I, I hope you have the money to do just a full release on part two. You yeah, know, I mean, who knows why they do that? It could be a time thing. I don't know. Maybe we could uh, interview Chris Barassa again and, Maybe. and ask him why. Why, dude? Why, <laughs> Jacob? Why'd you do uh, it? I don't know if he'd agree to do that again. <laughs> Just tell him that I'm on the show and I'm not a drunk mm-hmm. like that will completely bad. I'm sure he doesn't even remember us. <laughs> oh, oh, he just has a picture of Amelia and Chad on the wall. 
these guys not nah, fuck these guys i've never uh, done and if he does he'd be very surprised to see that we're still around doing what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> whoa you guys haven't been canceled yet what the fuck uh why do i have these people friends on skype um so uh so inscription bobby you brought this up uh, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um but i'm gonna do my hot take on it uh i wanted to bring it up because it this is the runaway freight train of um card games recently i think it's at like eleven thousand purchases oh i'm off seven thousand purchases overwhelmingly positive 95 percent um it's it's uh described as a horror card game and so i was like i really want to understand this before i started talking about it so i watched a good amount of uh gameplay and so the card game itself seems pretty simple uh i think it gets more and more complex as you go and that you know that's what you want out of a game um but there's only four lanes think of it kind of like magic but you you pick a lane and you try to make um damage go the other way and not your way uh you don't have health meters you have there's a there's a a scale balance so if somebody is losing big time if they have a really good round they can basically get all their health back because the the scales are just tilting all the all the time you don't have this like finite amount of health you can gain it back um and the game is super creepy um and it goes through different iterations. So the first game you play is kind of like cabin in the woods type thing. You play a bunch of creepy against this creepy players. Um, and the cards are like cats and rats and squirrels and stuff. And then at some point, like the game changes and you're, you know, there's this guy opening these packs of these cards like they were magic cards. And, he, like, he does a video and he's like, oh, here, I got a rare and stuff. And then, you know, obviously things get weird at a certain point. And then you go into this kind of, like, um, Zelda or or Final Fantasy game. And you're, like, going around in the village and going from door to door. And then you play in those graphics, those, like, 8-bit graphics of of final fantasy and then you keep playing and i guess you beat that and then you go into some like holographic graphics and you're in some creepy fucking techno and the whole thing's creepy all the way through but it 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 reminds me of evil land bobby you remember that evil Mm -hmm. land one and two um when you play evil land like you start off in 8-bit you graduate to 16 32 64 and then you go into modern graphics, I guess, at the time. Um, you know, you go through all these things, and that's what it seems like to, in this game. You play, like, in the cabin, then you play, like, a video game version, and then you play, like, a futuristic version. And the whole thing's creepy all the way through. And at 95%, I think that the gameplay loop is probably pr- super strong. Um, uh, not only is there, you know, deck-building uh, card removing, but there's like uh, cards where you upgrade cards, but there's also the uh, com- combining of cards. You could take, you could sacrifice one card and put it its essence into another card. So, hmm. so like crafting them, they're like yeah to create new cards, to create new cards. Yeah, so I imagine the um, replay value is crazy. 
So, and some of the cards talk to you as you're playing, which is odd. Hmm. But yeah, runaway success. And congrats to, uh, again, another Devolver digital game that I'm going to buy. Is it is that like a, a group of developers or is that just one team? That's a that's a publisher. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, but okay, okay. but they're they are great, fantastic at hand picking and supporting these games and blowing them up. Like, yeah, like I've said it a million times. Whoever it is that uh, you know their scout that goes out and fields these games, whoever that is, is like another me in another chair because I I I've liked almost every single game that they've they've uh, they've published hmm. yeah that's pretty awesome it's weird too yeah, it's they're like pretty, they're pretty. i wish somebody like why do you need a publisher anymore you're just a guy you put your game is it because they advertised you more do you can you uh elaborate Are here publishers uh, for money it's a i don't know pretty long answer like, to that i don't question. know that we're probably not qualified christopher here. christopher is he's in the he's in the, can, can, the field answer there, sniper? uh yeah a publisher helps with a lot of stuff um, of promotion so the developer can yeah. focus on making the game as, as good as possible. Really good for small teams, publishers. Yeah. Evolver is an excellent example of, of that. Yeah. yeah. more Now it's more promotion, but back in the day, it was the only way to get a game out. Now it's more about promotion, I imagine. All right, cool. Well, I imagine they handle a lot of distribution as well. You know, I mean, you can you can put it on Steam, sure, but... Uh, there's probably other things that they do in regards to that, especially in other parts of the world. Um, anyway, Killing Floor 2 has an update, uh, oh, as they always do, for Halloween. It's called Day of the Zed. I have not played it yet. Probably going to check it out this week because, you know, I like this game. I always like coming back to it and um, and uh, uh, just seeing what's new. You know, they always put on the fun little Halloween skins. Looks like you got mummies and pharaohs in this one. New weapons, a new map or two. Um, so, yeah, just more on that next week. Just wanted to shout that out. Because I know we got a lot of people on Discord that play this game as well. So if you want to play some, Friday's the day. Um, Can we see the active player list for this game? For Killing Floor 2? I feel like it's, it's in the five digits. Um, I want to say it's usually around like 5,000. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. 4,000 playing right now. Today's peak was about 6,000. So. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of people that play this game consistently. And then there's a lot of people like me who come back to it consistently. Uh, and similar to that, Deep Rock Galactic has their Halloween event called Deep Rock Gulactic. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised it took them this long to come up with that pun. Um, nothing major here, but I just I always look for any excuse to go back to this game. Uh, they've got. I, I do want to say they have an outstanding new mask that you have until November first to get. There's two ma- uh, or two helmets that you can get in that time from doing a quest line. One is a little pickaxe, a little tiny pickaxe poking in your head and a little blood spurting out. Pretty graphic for a game like this, honestly. But the other one is the creature from the Black Lagoon helmet. 
which oh, is really? really cool. Yeah, I like that one. So definitely hop in there and pick that up. But the real news with Deep Rock Galactic here is October 26th at 13 o'clock CEST time, whatever that is, um, they're going to be doing a big premiere for their new update. And this is the biggest update they've ever had. All what? Sorts of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they always say that too. And it's always the case because they get bigger and bigger here, but yeah, huge stuff coming all the new guns, um, the new game mode, like it's going to be crazy. Um, so I don't know. I got to figure out what, what 1300 hours CEST time is. And, uh, I I'm sure I won't be able to catch that live because it'll probably be, um, in the middle of the night for us over here on Pacific Standard. They've teased a lot of stuff in videos, and they've shown off some of the, the guns as well and that have been playable in the uh, uh, PTRs or whatever. Um, but I'm excited to see what what they got in this new premiere event here, because they always deliver. You know, it's never like, it, it's never disappointing. And I'm always looking for an excuse to get back into this game. And I did play a little bit of it this week, but I mean, it's just the same old stuff, you know, just love going back to this game. All right, here we go. CEST. So 1 p.m. is going to be 4 a.m. our time. You'll be up for that. Yeah. I mean, that's about when I wake up. Is it really? Um, Jesus. No, like 5 a.m. Yeah. But I could do four. Yeah. I mean, we'll (laughs) see. (laughs) Um, Nick, by the name of Isaac, did did it finally come to PlayStation, dude? No, not yet. Uh, oh apparently, God. the big old hubbub about that is the Switch uh, being a problem. Uh, the new version of the Switch uh, is causing issues. For those who don't know, the Switch LCD or Switch LED came out, where it's like the updated version of the Switch, and it's causing some problems with uh, Binding of Isaac coming to consoles. And so they're like, oh, we're going to get 2022. It's going to come out. Whatever, uh, but we're funny? still playing on PlayStation. I was watching. Um, I was watching a live stream of of this. Uh, what is it called? Repentance, right? Yeah, Repentance, yeah. the newest one. I was watching a live stream before it came out, and they're like, "Why can we play Breath of the Wild, but we can't play Binding of Isaac on 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 this it's, on Switch?" It's like, so weird, dude. Because like, <laughs> I have a PS Five, and I can play Gran Turismo. Right when it comes out, and that's obviously a way more graphically intense game, and it's like intensely beautiful and everything. Uh, but Binding of Isaac, <laughs> which is nothing but like a whatever fucking bit thirty two bit looking game or whatever the fuck, and <laughs> it literally will get down to like fifteen frames if you break the game. Sometimes, yeah, it's true, and like. The particle like, physics. Even on the nicest computer, it happens, and I think it's just like an engine thing. Well, I don't think it's an engine thing, dude. Like, so like when you have um, when you have those shit bombs and blows up, and there's shit mist everywhere. Yeah, like that's just that alone will make the the switch fucking take a nap right there, and that there's just so many particles floating in the air. Because uh, the real particles, it's not like just a veneer that they put in. I don't know why they do it that way, but that's the way they do it. Well, well the other thing is, like, there's that spell that whenever, I mean, that spell, <laughs> there's that thing where, uh, there's that thing where, like, when you shoot, your 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 tears look like a little Kamehameha wave. And so they, like, they look like a little tuft of air. But if you have, like, the one, anything that makes you shoot multiple of those, 
whatever you're playing on will just turn into a potato. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's, it's so weird. Cause like, dude, I play, I played Binding of Isaac on like really nice computers and I've seen like just the game go to complete shit when you, whenever you break the game. And in the past week I've broken the game like three times. So and, even uh, on PC, no matter what platform it I've does. never had a problem on a PC. Really? Ever. Ever. I, <laughs> I have. I've got more uh, hours logged than you do, I think, too. May, it, may probably do, actually, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah, well, game, when the Steam Deck comes so. out, we won't have to worry about all this Switch nonsense, will we? Uh, yeah, I already sold <laughs> I my Switch. The Switch too. It's the worst fucking part. I sold my <laughs> Switch in, in, uh, in preparation for the Steam Deck. When are those coming out? January? I I might be wish uh, hopeful wishing, but I I could have sworn that December. Well, it's different for everyone depending on when right, you right, right. I think I I think so, mine says that I'm going to get it in December. Okay, yeah, I think the people who jumped right on it are yeah. December, and then if you God. waited like a week, it might be January. And it's perfect, dude, because I'm starting uh, nights again in December, and you know I got three or four hours a night to play. I'm gonna, my reviews are going to go from two hours to three hours, folks. So you just <laughs> oh, yeah. buckle up. Just buckle up. You ain't ready for this. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, Back for Blood, should we talk about it? Yeah, it's on both your guys' lists. Yeah. Mm. So, I knew I was going to play more Back for Blood, and I wasn't sure where I was at with the game after last week. A lot of the problems that I was having last week have cleared up. I have no problem getting into games, even hosting my own games and getting people to join. Although, I had a hell of a time getting past a certain mission on Veteran. Um, with randos or with groups because we played together on Friday. Yeah, but Bobby, you were like you were like a drill sergeant sending fucking fresh recruits into f- enemy fire. Like we didn't know what we were doing. I was like, "What's a card?" You, you guys and, wanted to play on veteran. No, we did not, dude. <laughs> well, okay, well the night was split up into two segments. Really, we started, um, I think, early afternoon playing on veteran, and yeah, that didn't go well at all. We spent like hours maybe playing on veteran and got no supply points because we could never finish the mission. Then later in the night, I hopped back on and people were playing again. And we started just playing on recruit and it was a lot easier. Um, well, at least for me, you guys were struggling a little bit. People were getting a little tipsy. And, oh, uh, yeah. But some, we were having a lot of fun. Yeah. We were having a lot a of laughs. Uh, yeah. yes. uh, but <laughs> we were making a ton of supply points at that point. So, yeah, yeah it's um, it, I, I think I've got a better understanding of the game now, especially after today. So uh, after today, I, I played with I got into a group of a couple of people who are very experienced and we got through a bunch of maps on, um, on veteran. And these guys of course had all the cards and it was a lot easier for them. But a lot of people, including myself went into this game expecting the left for dead AI director. So you always kind of have to be moving forward. You can stop and hold and deal with a wave, but then you move up and it's all right. about moving up in this game. I don't think that's the case because what yeah. happened? So there, there's this mission, which everyone should be familiar with because it's very early in act one where you have to shoot a gas can and then it blows up a wall and then you run over this broken bridge and then you get to the boat and then at the boat, you got to go plant bombs and stuff. Um, it's like near the end of the first part of act one. But when we did that, they shot the gas tank and I was ready to make a break for it over the bridge, you know, just like you would do in left for dead. Uh, but my whole team ran back and went into this little building and they just held out there and they murdered all the zombies. And then we just strolled over the bridge and no zombies, like nothing. Mm. Like, so I guess the game is a tense 
part of the game if mm-hmm. if you run forward. Yeah, if you run across a bridge, zombies are coming at you, and you're trying to help like the guy who's lagging behind. Then there's always a point where you're just like, "No, just leave him. He's gone." <laughs> but uh, forget about Craig; he's dead. And that's a part that that's a uh, there's a map on Left 4 Dead too, where it's just like that too. The yeah. whole level is just going over that bridge, um, and it's great. And that's like the way the the map is supposed to be played. But in this, it seems like you ha- you are clearing the map. It's yeah. not just going to keep sending waves at you. Like yeah. if you clear an area, then you can run back to that area. And as long as you don't disrupt any birds or get puked on, then you're going to be okay. Well, we kind of learned that when we, were, when we were playing on Veteran earlier, we kept hitting that wall in the swamp and we'd run back and we'd fight the boss or whatever. Yeah. And we weren't... The, the swamp of doom that oh, we could dude. never get past. And that wasn't even the, the event. After that, you get to another area, you trigger an event that's pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, we were having a tough time. Yeah. But the other thing, too, that I realized is it, it's really um, a game of attrition. And I've noticed this in Deep Rock Galactic as well. Like, if you aren't up to snuff, if you don't have a lot of upgrades, you're just going to run out of ammo. You have low health and low ammo, and, like, you just don't have enough bullets to shoot all the all the bugs that are going to come at you. Yeah. And that's kind of the case in Back for Blood. Like if you trigger a lot of hordes by disrupting birds or by getting puked on or not taking out the the screecher guys properly, like you're just going to run out of bullets or run out of ammo. When I was playing with these really experienced guys, they were we were constantly like anyone got rifle ammo, who's got shotgun ammo? I'm out of uh, the, whatever the pistol ammo, SMG ammo is. And we were constantly just trying to like keep each other, um, supplied, supplied with ammo. And it was quite a challenge. And we were being like, we, when we lost our first map, it was because we had just triggered too many car alarms and we just had too many zombies. We were taking out the zombies just fine. But at a certain point, it was just a matter of attrition. We ran out of bullets and, and things went south real quick. That's that adds a little bit more survival to the survivor horror genre. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to think about, uh, did any of, were any of them playing the melee build? Um, no, no. no. Uh, there was a, a guy who was playing doc who was very good. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and then the rest, there was a guy on shotguns, and then two of us were on rifles. Uh, what a I great found, way to save ammo. Yeah, yeah, the melee, definitely. You can uh, save ammo that way. But w- the the melee build is very card-dependent, too. So For that, sure. that can be challenging. Um, the other thing that I noticed, too, there is a level in Act 2 called um, Something Worm. I can't believe I forgot it because I played it like 30 times. No joke. Um, it's like something, <laughs> something of the worm. And it's an incredibly short level because you run out of the gate, you fight a big ogre, and then you can just run, you can throw like a pipe bomb and then run through the rest of the horde and go into the safe house. And that's the level right there. So what Isn't I, that the, what's that? Is that the one where like you literally have to run through a, like a, a tunnel? No, no, there's no tunnel. Oh, okay. It's a very short level. It's outdoors. Um, and it's in like this area that you actually play through several times in different missions, doing different things. But what I and a lot of people have realized is that you can just keep reloading this level and playing it over and over again on, yeah, on recruit and get 34 supply points. It's incredibly boring, but it's the best way to farm supply points. uh, It might be the fastest. doesn't mean it's the best dude. (laughs) Uh, like we're getting tipsy, getting drunk. Uh, I was having a fucking blast, dude. I haven't had that much fun having playing a game in so long, and it almost doesn't matter 
what was going on in the game for me because it was just a vehicle for me to hang out with my friends Mm -hmm. um and it was simple enough where like we didn't have to get into the weeds but then if you go into veteran you have to get into weeds and then you have to be sober and all that stuff yeah like you said you were like i mean i think everybody agrees that the biggest problem is there's too much of a difference between um recruit and veteran yeah there's no medium too difficulty big, yeah too big of a there, jump. there's easy and there's and hard, hard and then there's really hard yeah so um that that's the biggest problem right now and i don't know just for, but you were <laughs> you were like a drill sergeant we're gonna get the fucking veteran done if you turn around and try to run i'm gonna shoot you in the head so it's either zombies or bullets dude i don't i was not like that that's the all, way man. i took i was pretty laid back i don't ooh, <laughs> yeah. No, you, got, you got you're like recruit that's boring guys you don't want to do recruit that's the worst thing in the game you want to you want to push yourself which by the way i i did agree with i you. wasn't pushing uh veteran you were dude. i don't think i was mm, nobody else was. no no we, no somebody else in the group was definitely pushing recruit i think you're getting me mixed up with somebody we were playing with i'm not gonna name names or point fingers here but hector croy <laughs> Croy. Croy? Yeah, he's uh, French. No. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I was... Because I, I knew what veteran was, man. I knew we weren't going to get through that level. But, you know, sometimes it's fun to try. It's a challenge. But, you know, sometimes it's also just to kind of be on autopilot and play uh, play casually as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm still enjoying it. I I farmed so much with that level and got so many supply points that I've unlocked all the cards in one supply chain. Not, not all the cosmetics. I found out like the last three rows are just like straight up cosmetics and stuff. So I've got all the cards out of that one. And I started working on the middle one. So I've almost unlocked all the ones that would help me for my healing build. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to get through all that and then just be like, yeah, I'm over it now. Do you feel, I doubt it, dude. I think this game, I don't know. I think it's, well, I think more is to come, obviously. Um, I I really did. Like when I had that run today playing with those experienced players and it was just like a real challenge, I had a lot of fun with that. It was probably because I had spent too much time farming that just like total mindless stuff. But there's another level of difficulty. Yeah, yeah, there's a nightmare after that too. But I don't know. There's indicators that the game has things yet to add like um like there is there's some cards on like text on cards and stuff that's like um fuck what is the wording i've already seen it on some of them but it's like it's obviously an indicator like they're going to add new stuff or more operative like more operators and stuff more cleaners I think there's going to be dlc there's going to be more levels no, I'm sure um, it will be. Like, I, like I, I think this is going to be a, a well-supported game for a while. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, that, that's how they're going to get you to the. See, they're putting it on Game Pass, and then you got to pay extra for the DLC. All the game pay, all the Game Pass DLCs are pay, right? I believe so. I want to say in Game Pass, all the games that are on there, you get the base game, and then you have to pay for the DLC. I think that's right. the case. I, I think so too. And mm-hmm. who cares, dude? You get yeah, uh, I mean, fifty hours, and then you have to pay seven ninety nine for, 
you know, some new shit. Uh, you yeah. could pay the low price of $100 U.S. to unlock every DLC. Crazy. Back for Blood <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> Edition. Is there anybody that just, like, always just scrolls down to the bottom and be like, yep, there's the one. Ray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have money. I don't edition. know what to spend it on. How about that? Yeah, I I bought like a hundred or something dollar version of Battlefield 4, where you would like every week you get like a golden loot box or whatever, and then you get priority queuing and uh, joining games. And yeah, that, that's probably the most I ever spent on a game. But I did play a lot of Battlefield. Yep. yep. Uh, there were, I, I linked something earlier. It was like, you get Battlefield 1, Battlefield 5, all the DLCs. Um something else battlefield 4 and all the dlcs for like 9.99 it was 95 percent off or something crazy yeah, yeah and you're never gonna play any of those games <laughs> <laughs> like all the games you can remember when they released evolve and they're like you get a free copy of uh left for dead one <laughs> if you pre-order like left for dead one not even left for dead two you get a free copy of left for dead one the game that was literally replaced <laughs> by left for dead Jesus. Two. Like, like literally included in Left 4 Dead 2. Dude, nobody, nobody's done that since. Nobody's ever been like, here's part one. Hey, success. Here's part two. And it's better than part one in every single way. And just forget about part one. Yeah. That hasn't happened. Especially to, <laughs> a year later, like barely a year later, better in every way. And then eventually they included the characters, the maps, everything right. from Left 4 Dead 1 in in Left 4 Dead 2. Wait, yeah. is that a th- wait, hold up. Is my poo-poo brain not remembering this correctly? Are all the missions from Left 4 Dead 1 and Left 4 Dead 2? They are now. Yeah. yeah. After, oh, after shit, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, all the characters, all the missions. God. Oh, that's awesome. I wish we could go one episode without talking about Left 4 Dead. I mean, shut up. I mean, it doesn't come up that much. It's no it does. Magic the Gathering. It does. <laughs> it's no... Shut up, man. I, I mean, Back for Blood just came out like a week and a half ago, dude. What are you going to do? The worst part about this podcast is Magic Gathering. Because it's like cutting into all of my review time. I just, I play it daily, every single day. I, I'm either, I, I'll play in the shower, like crazy. I mean, I play Binding of Isaac every day, but that's to spend time with my wife, and it also helps us go to sleep. Hmm. Oh, that's a nice. Um, Weird game to fall asleep <laughs> to, but okay. So, New World, what's going on with that, Nick? I just want a quick update. Uh, my bread empire is still on the rise. Uh, <laughs> no, <joke>. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have made a total of 5,800 gold in a matter of a week. Uh, just passively making bread and selling it. Remind me what that means, 5,000. Um, so, all I do is just literally buy No, no, corn. no, 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 not how you make your money. But like oh. uh, 5,000 gold, is that like enough to buy a house? Uh, I don't know. Sniper, how much is 5,000 gold? He ran away. Doesn't matter. Oh, fuck. Let's look. How much <laughs> is make... house in You can't Google New that. World? Oh, there you go. Is he back? No, he's not back. Are you not watching the stream? Why do, why do we even fucking have him? You know, like, why do we even have him? Cost is 5,000 gold. Oh, so there you go. You you earned a house selling bread. Yeah, literally selling bread. Like, nothing else, just selling bread. And you're getting uh, XP I, for all of this, right? 
Yeah. And you get, you get experience for it. Uh, I, not only that, but like I've, so I, I've gotten, I've funded myself questing and everything. I've also gotten to the point where um, I've paid for all of my tools and I'm, and I'm still walking around with 6.9 grand. Nice. And so it's just like, so uh, can you just buy whatever weapons you want? Whatever, like you, for your level at this point yeah but it's not a wise idea because i'm i'm still leveling up kind of quick like this past week i went from 29 to 40 and so if i buy a weapon for like 300 gold and level up to and like and it's gonna last me three levels and like really what's the point i can just buy more corn and make more money you know? what what percentage of that what percentage of your leveling was bread based <laughs> I think legitimately <laughs> probably like one and a half levels is bread. Oh, I, I think in the past in the past week I've baked five hundred and something loaves. <laughs> Do you have a yeah, spreadsheet? It, Do you have a spreadsheet to like figure all this I out? I don't, but I did have to lower my price because somebody tried to fuck me. Oh, yeah. So before yeah, I was selling for competition, my loaves at twenty five gold, and then they started selling at fifteen, and I was like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! I'm selling at 10. New World and 2. I'm still money. Who's the bread so, baron? A price war going on here. Yeah. I'm I'm the bread baron. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Fuck everybody else's. <laughs> God, funny. Bread. All right, well. I'm glad yeah, no, you're so that's fun, my man. update. I am level 40 now. I'm doing great. I just play the game <laughs> literally whenever. All I have is I gold, play. zero equipment, tons of gold. No, I have a lot of equipment. No I have skills. Nice stuff. <laughs> Everyone in the guild is so nice to me. Uh, I just want to also, yeah, I want to give a shout out to that. Um, give me one second. I got to look up a name. Uh, shout out to, uh, I think his name is so Arizona Luke, but in, in our chat, it's so as Luke. Uh, thank you for making my star metal tools, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Dune, man. I feel like it's been two years since we had a blockbuster. Because obviously COVID and all that stuff, like I really truly feel like this was a blockbuster movie. Uh, Dude, I heard it's so fucking good. Everybody that I talked to saw it in the theaters and loved it. I've talked to men, women, children, like everybody. Fucking not a bad word has been said. Eh, well, I don't like this part. No, none of that. N- like. It's just a runaway success. Cool. Yeah. I've not seen it yet. I know a lot Anybody. of people have a big, a lot of people talking on the uh, Discord about this movie. Um, it's playing on HBO Max, but it seems like a lot of people are going out to the theaters. It's it really is one of those movies that is a lot better in a theater. It's a theater experience. You know, it's two and a half hours. If you're watching this at home, chances are you're going to get distracted by something, and it's just like. You know, it's one of those movies like Dunkirk or like Blade Runner where it's just, it looks better on a giant screen yeah, yeah with good it, sound. It, it, it It's so goddamn good. It, 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 the, the weirdest part is that it feels like a long movie because it is, but the pacing and how long it is, is completely necessary. 
Well, yeah, that's the problem that they had with the the David Lynch movie is they really, I, I didn't really like that movie until I read the book. Then I'm just like, oh, I mean, it's all up there on screen. Like everything from the book is there. They just kind of, it, it feels like they rush through it a little bit because they're trying to squeeze it all into one movie. And it's just too much. I mean, it's like an epic tale. It's got the whole first half is like, you know, this big downfall. And then, and then there's like this rising up messiah thing at the in the latter part of the book and it takes time to do that and you can't do it too quickly otherwise it just doesn't like resonate so yeah i i guess this is just the first half right they're supposed to make a, a second one i'm not sure up until what part this I, goes to. I think they're supposed to do a total of five movies <laughs> i think they're doing five. here parts. it is this is when this is the part of the podcast where nick says something and christian falls out of his chair and starts googling uh, Chris, and, give me and, give me a Google, man. I need a Google. Uh, I, I I heard that they haven't even okayed part two, so I haven't heard five yeah. parts. That would I, I thought it know. was supposed to be a five parts. The most impressive thing that they did in this movie for me is the incredible amount of information that they packed into it without boring you. Like I felt like I felt like it was done so incredibly well where if you're paying attention you it wasn't that hard to follow yes it, it's complex but yeah two parts oh yeah nick. see you see that nick you see that giant arrow <laughs> pointing to two parts nick but i'm sure if it do, was... you, do you see how that doesn't say five parts I'm sure it's two parts for the first book, but if they go on to the other books, maybe there'll be more. I, I think, yeah, that's what that's what it is. <laughs> sure, okay, <laughs> that's what um, it is. Look for an escape. There it is. Go. <laughs> or for the movie, they've already a uh, great movie, by the way. I totally agree with you, but they've already cut out so much from the book and the first film, and I agree with all of it. You know, I watched it with three inches. Like, I don't really get all this stuff, and I was like, well, yeah, they didn't have like. 10 minutes of exposition to start the film to explain all the shit that you really don't need to know. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with this. Their selection of what really needed to be in there was, is, you know, that's a lot of, not, I'm not talking about video editing. I'm talking about like, well, I heard they cut editing. out, they, they left out a lot of like the psychedelic stuff that was in the book because there's a lot of like real mystical stuff in there. And mm. that's, I think that's pretty tough to translate. I think that was pretty much in there like mm -hmm. two yeah, or three times, tiny bit, but I don't think it was like but all I, of it. I think they just do like quick flat. What I heard is that they do quick flat. I'm not, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really say, but and maybe from the reviews, the up, from the reviews that I've seen, <laughs> Bobby, you know, listen to me, man, that's kind of weird. <laughs> but from the reviews that I've seen, people have said they just kind of do some quick flashbacks and like kind of handle it that way. But if you watch like the David Lynch one, there's all these internal monologues and like, there's some just really, and of course it's David Lynch. So there's some really out there stuff. And even in the book, it's just, quite a bit of that but the other thing about the book is it requires or the story itself it requires so much world building like the the book that i read came with a glossary and i had to constantly figure out what the hell are these people talking about that's like what i'm using saying dude that's all these what, words that that's what this movie knocked out of the park they mm -hmm. just cut out all of the fat and just whatever's important is in and I, there was like three hallucinogenic scenes so I don't think they cut that out. Um, 
I think everything you needed is in there. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know Dune as well as you guys do. But um, can, uh, you, can you guess which part was my favorite when they said it for the first time? No. Uh, the one they said Imperium. I was like, yeah. I, I was just going to say that. There's one. There's one yeah, Warhammer, Warhammer took so much shit from Dune, it's not even funny. There's one moment in the film that's exposition, like one, and it's where they briefly explain what the Imperium is. And I, I was like, oh, God, because it was near the beginning. I was like, they're not going to do this, are they? They're not going to explain, like, every fucking little thing. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, no. And they don't. That's the only one. So I was like, oh, perfect. Awesome. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, for those who don't know, there's an Imperium kind of like in Warhammer, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Just watch the fucking movie, it's great. Yep, I wonder the what's the uh, box HBO office Max. total on that because it's been out for what a weekend, a week. Yeah, I think, I think you'd like the mo- movie, Bobby. Uh, oh, I'm one sure of my favorite parts of the movie, um, and it's always my favorite parts of sci fi movies is the background lore of things. And it's the little things. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, but Sniper, you can probably get behind me on this, is like the different classes of weapons that they have. Like when it comes to like beam-based weapons and like missile-based weapons and like and like the Vibra shields that they have and a bunch of other shit, like just the – because they're not really different races, they're different – just different versions of humans and they all have their different economies and, and versions of science and shit. They all have their own different versions of weapons and stuff. I'm like, dude, this is so fucking awesome. But like there's, there's a, there's a, there's parts of the movie where you're like, Oh, they're shooting down, you know, like there's, there's like a spaceship fight scene. And then like, Oh, these people are shooting missiles, and those people are shooting lasers. That's really crazy, and uh, it's just—it's really fucking cool. Um, and then the other part is like when they reference a quote-unquote pet, and you're like, "Ew, that's really gross." But uh, yeah, all that all that kind of background shit, I love. Hmm. Last thing I got to say about this is while I was watching it, um, I was like, "Am I witnessing another Star Wars?" Like another beginning of Star Wars, and the last time that I felt what that was when I was watching Avatar. So, who knows? I, ho- I <laughs> hope so. I hope. So. I, I hope so, man. I really, I really do hope so. I think I hope they they spring on it uh, faster. Like, um, I hope it get, everything gets greenlit faster. They keep the, the cast longer. They keep everybody the same. Like they just they they obviously keep the quality. Obviously, there was a, a giant speed bump or speed bumps. They delayed the movie, what, two years or three years? A year and a half, because I think. Of, um, but, dude, man, it's a great fucking movie. I'm looking for however more mo- movies they make, whether or not they just cover the first book or all the other books after it. But I yeah, was thinking how Duncan, when he was meeting the Freeman, that could have been a movie on its own. That could be its own like side side quest movie. Like its own. Oh, like, the Fremen. Yeah. Yeah. When he when Duncan went to go meet them and like introduce himself and everything, a two week experience. I thought, yeah, I was like, it was oh, weird man. seeing Jason Momoa without a fucking beard. I was like, oh, dude, Jason Momoa is so fucking cool and epic that they have to kill him at the beginning of everything all the time. 
Like first season, first movie, you're done. You're just too cool. You're just too powerful. All right. What do we got? Uh, it's time oh, for um, listener questions. Wait, no, we gotta we gotta plug some stuff. Uh, uh, first of all, we want to shout out to everybody. Uh, come to the Discord and give us some spooky questions. We're gonna be doing some cool live stream shit for the uh, DLG podcast, uh, DLG or uh, well, DLG Con. Uh, we're gonna have some live stream setup stuff for some tabletop and uh, probably like a short twenty or thirty minute live stream. There's probably going to be alcohol, a drunk Emilio, a sober Bobby, ah. I, uh, Chris, and plenty of other uh, characters from the <laughs> DLG community. Um, but send us some cool questions. I might send in my answers if I see them before. But unfortunately, I won't be able to go because I'll be in a wedding. I'll be in San Diego. I think Nick is off. Day. Nick, stop talking. <laughs> Shut up. So, so Halloween episodes next episode right yeah and yeah. we do have uh, as we're getting into listener questions we do have some halloween scary game questions coming up here but if you would like to ask us some more scary questions for our halloween episode next week we'll be recording possibly on halloween uh maybe the day after um the episode will come out shortly after that though but uh yeah somebody, check out our discord somebody asked me the crazy the scariest thing that's ever happened to me i promise a good story uh yeah nick we we literally just went over this <laughs> and you made the same mistake twice whoops yeah uh there's a whole week in between those two things you're talking about uh so you're gonna be there are we dressing up bobby might as well right well like, I, I already have my uh, dress up. i already have my costume well the thing is you can only see us from the neck up here on the stream so yeah we can easily I mean, fix that yeah, just have a neck up costume, Bobby. What the fuck? Okay, well, I'll see what I got. <laughs> I know that you don't have any costumes. I know for a fact. Why would I just have costumes, dude? <laughs> fucking Chad has eight say, costumes in his closet at all times. Community that has like costume experience, send Bobby a really nice costume, and we'll just fund it with like the DOG account or something. Chad's the guy who's like. You need a costume? A Deep Rock Galactic costume or something? Or yeah, like dude. A, a fucking Team Fortress costume and he'll wear it. I probably oh, you know, I got a wear. hat I could wear. I got a hat. I got oh, an geez. idea. You're yeah. going to wear your Bill hat. My That's Bill it. hat? Yeah. Who's Bill? Bill from uh, Left 4 Dead. I thought you had that hat in real life. Yeah, his name's not Bill, though. What? The, the hat with man. The... No. Oh, no, no. No, I have the hat from uh, the kid in Left 4 Dead 2 with a little truck on it. Uh, the younger guy. I can't remember his name. Left 4 Dead 2. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's the old Vietnam veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shout, shout out to uh, the Livingston for uh, being on RNG uh, with DLG this week. Uh, great interview. We played Fall Guys, which was pretty funny seeing two old guys just play. Uh, a young person's. I saw some struggling. new levels, dude. That I was like, "Whoa!" That's yeah, cool. they're all really weird and cool and interesting. Um, so check it out. Um, you can see it on Twitch. We're working on transferring to YouTube, but Comcast sucks, so we're getting there. Bobby, did you put this picture online, dude? Mm, I like it. No, that is no. not me. That's pretty oh, scary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was. Uh, Fuck, I don't know what we were watching, but I was thinking about like how many 
cartoon and video game characters like have massive goggles pulled up around their head literally never happens in real life. Like mm-hmm. goggles, just don't, <laughs> goggles don't happen. They don't. They're safety glasses, which look not as cool as that. Anyway, yeah. Where'd all the goggles go? Where'd all the goggles go? Where'd all the goggles go? I need a gaggle of goggles. We're we're living in a post-goggle world. (laughs) You need to Google where to get your goggles. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Christians, Google goggles real quick. Google a gaggle of goggles, please. Let's just see if we can find. Yeah, so you have like your your normal yeah, science those, safety goggles. Yeah, those are terrible. Yeah. And then those, you have those weird little uh, swimming goggles that like people would wear with the little cap. It's really the steampunk goggles that those are the cool ones that the characters wear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're the only person ever to say that. Yeah. Hmm. All right, listener questions. First one's coming from Warconius. He says your top scary game that you played on PC, no console. Hmm. Outlast one, yeah, it was pretty good. I'm I'm so tired of those run and hide games, but you know, five, six, seven years ago when that game came out, that was pretty good. Pretty five Nights at Freddy's for me. Yeah, everybody really? loved those ones. God, yeah. I'm so glad we don't have any more of those games. Oh, there's a new one. There's not Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's a clone. Yeah, nobody really cares. <laughs> That's. That's the thing, dude. Like, it'd be like Five, Ni- Five Nights at Freddy's 9, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's another one. We'd all have to go through that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. It's probably because yeah, I work with kids, man. I'm just, like I was that. so tired of that stuff. Um, scariest game. Yeah, I really like the Outlast games. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the scariest one. I mean, that, that one was pretty good. Right. I'm sure the Resident Evil ones. Oh, there's got to be, I didn't really play those ones myself, but I'm sure those ones would probably be up there. Scrap what I said, because I played it, I played Finance of Freddy for like more than one hour. I could not play Amnesia. I just couldn't. Oh, really? I, I was too scared to play, dude. Like my mouse was shaking. I, I couldn't do it. But I played it originally, like when it first came out. Like I always give this. For me, uh, like. If we're counting consoles, I know it doesn't work, but PT was pretty fucking scary. Uh, I refuse to play it. If that game actually ever comes out, I refuse to ever play it. That's not true. All right, next question from CauseCat. What's the game you wish more people were into, whether it's a guilty pleasure or a legitimately underrated game? Hmm. What a great question. Hmm. Hmm. Um... That's a good fucking question, man, because a lot of the games I like are already popular. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with, I, I know this is my answer for everything, but Binding of Isaac, I feel like a lot of people don't make that jump, or they make the jump, and they go and they kill mom, or die by mom 10 times, and they're like, I'm never going to play this again, why would I play this? It's so hard. Uh, you, There's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot between... How am I ever going to kill mom? And let me grind every ending with every character ever. There's a sweet spot right in the middle of that. Yeah. There's in the, there's a sweet spot right in the middle where it's a glorious fucking game. And you just play it for fun. Because nobody's watching. Nobody cares what your opinion on the game is. 
It's just fun, and this is the only reason you're playing. Fun. So I I feel like it's one of those things where like I can't even understand how you wouldn't like it after twenty hours or tw- some, thirty some hours. Some people say they don't like it because it's not fair. Um, I actually <laughs> the other day because we were looking something up while we were playing, uh, I stumbled upon a Reddit post and it was like a joke Reddit post, and it was like uh like it's like the cat one where it's. Uh, where the cat's sitting at the end of the table, and, like the blonde lady's pointing, and the brunette lady is like trying to protect the cat, or whatever. And it's like when other uh, other um, uh, whatever the genre of fucking game it is. Uh, what's it called? Way to bring you home, Nick. Oh, shut the fuck up! Uh, what is it called? Can we move on? When other roguelikes call your game uh, unfair and unbalanced. And like it says, like the cat's like Isaac players, and it's like yes, but we like it. Yeah, because yeah. the game really is unfair and unbalanced. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and apparently that throws a lot of people off. Organized chaos. Yeah, but uh, I would. My answer to the question is squad, hmm. uh, because squad's awesome. Well, they yeah, got a, they got a good amount of people playing that. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't fall in either one of these categories. But thanks, Nick. <laughs> I th- no, I th- I don't think that many people are playing it. That's true. To warrant like, like how like, good it is. If if more people were playing it, they would have more money to hire more like more programmers and stuff, and more of the patches were to come through. Like they've been pro- like promising this fucking Afghanistan update for so goddamn long. I mean, not Afghanistan, this fucking Australian update for like the past two years. And it hasn't come out. And I don't think it ever will. So we'll see. Hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. A game that I wish more people gave a chance. I mean, many years ago, I probably would have said Heroes of the Storm. But Blizzard probably would have drove that game into the ground regardless. So I don't know if uh, that would have made much of a difference. But I did kind of feel like... That for me was like a really good version of a MOBA that that I really enjoyed. The best but, version. Well, I mean, I thought so. That's what it, you it was thought, like yeah. quick half hour games. I'm like, this is perfect. I don't want to spend like an hour in a game and then just lose. Um, and there were so many things that I enjoyed about it. And a lot of people were still, you know, they had been playing League or Dota for six plus years and they're just like well no i'm already in this camp and they just would only find fault with it but i mean blizzard didn't really help the situation with a lot of decisions they did um but recently i kind of just wish people would um give indie games in general more of a chance like i wish there was it was more profitable for the people who made those games because it's just I understand that you're going to have that side of AAA gaming where it's just like a business and we're going to crank out one of these and, you know, we're going to have like a ton of people work on these games and and it's just going to be very generic and bland and appeal to the widest demographic. But uh, I I just wish there was a little more financial incentive for people making the smaller stuff. So, yeah, buy indie games, people. Here's the weird thing, dude. Like, uh, is... 
The guy who did Stardew Valley, is he a AAA developer now? Is this true? <laughs> His second game, is that a AAA? No, I mean, you know, that's a... You know what I mean? That's an outlier right there. It's like somebody makes this incredible game, pretty much a one-man team until later, you know, with the multiplayer and everything. Like, the, the later updates, he started getting a lot of help with it because he just burned himself out. But yeah, it, it really worked out for him. But that's like a, that's like a one in a billion, you know, one in a million right there. Yeah, know? one in a million, I would tell you. You don't really see that too often. It's nice when it does happen. Okay, next question from Zap. Which developer do you think had the biggest fall from grace? Blizzard comes to mind as it seems every release post-Overwatch has had issues and controversy. I'll say, I'll say both Blizzard and Ubisoft. They both just got into this like rhythm of money first, not fun first. And when you're making games games it's fun first not money first you fucks i just i just well, i just fixed the whole fucking gaming industry right there there you go yeah i mean at the end of the day though dude like a lot of, that's a lot of people's jobs and you know it's paying those people for work so they can like it would have been anyway a family it would have been anyway dude would if they were what? making fun first if they wouldn't have gone to uh uh, whoever they, whoever Blizzard sold out to. Well, I mean, there's, there's no like Activision. Like, yeah. But there's, which is Activision is a publicly traded, uh, company. So now you're, you're answering to people who don't play games before all you answer to is people who play games. Those are the only people you worry about when you graduate to that next level. Now you're worrying about these people that put money into your company that don't play games. Yeah, but the, they get money in their company because they sell a lot of copies of the game because people like those games, dude. Like, we don't really like them, but people are buying them. Right? What? No. If Wait, there what? was like a trend, if you could watch a trend of the percentage of uh, Blizzard games being bought, I, I, I've got to imagine it's on a downwards trend. I don't know for a fact. Well, I mean, their MUAs are going down, but it's like... They're still making a ton of money, especially for a triple AAA developer. But what I'm saying is, dude, like people like it, that's like a big business that makes AAA games, and they're providing a lot of jobs for people. And yeah, there's a lot of things that are going on that are a little shady. But at the end of the day, they are providing a lot of jobs for people. Now, indie developers are taking big risks. Like they're going out there, they don't know how their game's going to be received. So the AAA developers, they're making the stuff that they know is going to sell. They're making the sequels and like the big, big budget stuff that's going to be heavily promoted and like that they know everyone's going to buy. And, you know, all the younger generation, they're just going to buy it up. And that's fine because I mean, you know, there has to be that. And a lot of people are making a living doing that, but that's uninspired. Well, yeah, because we're old and we're, you know, we've been through that already. You talk to like a 15 year old and you know, they think like that stuff's just great. That, that is gaming to them. But what I'm saying is like, it's not a, a, a terribly bad thing, dude, because it's like, you know, that'd be like someone coming up to you and saying like, you shouldn't work for a big triple a developer country. I'm not saying you like Nintendo makes legitimately good AAA content and they have been for years and they haven't stopped. There were some like bumpy roads, but, and they continue and everything's great. Uh, once you put profits first, I believe it becomes a, an issue of, um, like I, they lost my brand loyalty. They lost your brand loyalty. Uh, is that fair? 
Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested in those types of games anyway. Sure, but you had they not had they not changed their company and the the focus of the uh, company, we would still be. Well, I, just, I think it's easy to say that they should take more risk and be more creative, but you don't really make a lot of money by doing that. Like you can, you absolutely can, but video games are so fickle and gamers are so fickle. You don't know what the fuck they're going to like, dude. Nobody knows, except they know that if they make another Call of Duty game, a bunch of people are going to buy it. So that's what they do. I think so, if Blizzard keeps going the way they're going, it's just going to get smaller and smaller. I don't think they're they're growing. But I'm not basing that on numbers. I'm basing that on my heart. I, I don't think Activision Blizzard's going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, people are still going to be buying these games. You know, and I mean, a lot of people are going to like get on social media and post about it and be upset about it, but I don't think it's like they're going to die out or anything. I, I'm sure they'll be fine, but I don't know. I feel like we've kind of got off track here. No, I know what you're saying, but oh yeah, uh, let's move on. I'm too drunk to make a <laughs> poignant point. Okay. Nick, no comment on this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like my parents are fighting. I'm hiding in the corner. Big company bash. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really have a have a fight in this or let's say in this fight. Okay. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. A, you know. I, I I agree with Emilio. Like a lot of these companies, um, they don't really have a place in my in my in my uh, my heart. Like for example, like the Activisions and the and the uh, whatever's um, as far as um, what I would like to see, I'd like to see the same thing that I guess everyone would like to see again. It's like people making their dreams and what they want to see on paper, like what their passion projects are. If you want to make a game that where you make root beer floats and sell them to snakes, fucking do it, dude. Okay, like, you're making less sense than Emilio here. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is like I want to see games where people are making what they want to make and not mm-hmm. Call of Duty 14. Okay. You know? Yeah, uh, like, Christian, that... you got a you got some input here? No. Okay. Uh, not between <laughs> these two spectacular takes. I, I don't think I have room. No, I mean Does I think make... I I think that's like a valid concern like i understand where you and emilio are coming from with that like i don't want to play call of duty games either like i don't care about that stuff but at the same time like i care about the jobs that that provides for people like the thousands of people that work on a game like that and i i also want to see people like working in their basement making cool little games too and hopefully they're big successes but at the same time i'm not going to say like triple a companies are you know absolutely terrible some of them are i mean they've got a lot of problems inside that definitely needs to be addressed like blizzard and ubisoft but you know they're a business so dude <laughs> like, like they're making money and the people who work for them are making money like if if you were one of those people that were working for one of those companies and they're just like you know what guess what guys nobody wants this shit anymore we're all going making indie <laughs> games follow your dreams you're fired <laughs> like you'd be like what the fuck dude like i just want to show up and do my your job. dreams you're fired <laughs> follow your dreams you're fired <laughs> Uh, yeah of course so that's that's one of the weirdest things about you know the gaming industry as a whole is you always got to worry about the the jobs right or the the people behind the game um 
Yeah, and I think weird... I, I think you can do AAA right. Like I I definitely was of the mindset oh, for yeah. a while that I th- I thought just like AAA equals bad, but I I think like it can be done right, but there's a lot of room for corruption obviously when you're making that kind of money, people want all of it, you know. Yeah, I I think you can definitely do AAA right. Yeah. All right. But we can all agree that Blizzard is not doing it right. I think I've, that's what it comes down to. They, I can't think of, I mean, Ubisoft, yeah, that's a good answer to this question. I don't, I can't think of anybody else really though that pops into my head. I feel like a lot of the AAA that does it right is on console, honestly. Oh yeah. yeah. Like God of War, which I'm buying for Bobby. So he's forced to play it because <laughs> somebody pays, pays money for something else. So well, is that he's going to have to God of War is on PC. Coming to PC, what in a month? Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on it. It has its own Steam page now, so it's it's there. Mm-hmm. They they they're they're pretty much like they're pretty much saying all the PlayStation excuses are coming to P- our PC now. So, so Zap has a paranormal question. Should we save that for next week? Um, I don't know. I'm fine with talking about it now. All right, January fourteenth, not next month. I'm retarded. Okay. Uh, Zap says, or he asks, do any of you have any personal experiences with the paranormal? Ghosts, chupacabras, Bigfoot? Nay. The most paranormal things have gotten for me, and this is like a real answer. I'm not, I'm not just like throwing something out there because there's an answer, but, um, psychedelics. I've taken so much psychedelics that I thought, or I know, I feel like I opened the door into another dimension. So, and I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I didn't, if it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not a hundred percent sure that like, it was just a trip in my mind. I don't know that these chemicals don't allow you to just open parallel universes. I'm not a hundred percent about that at all. So uh, yeah, I would call that paranormal. But uh, besides uh, all that other stuff, no. I've yeah, but I have a great, I've I have a great uh, story. I'll tell next. I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's the night that I was more scared than I've ever been in my whole life. Uh, yeah, Bobby? interesting. Uh, no, because ghosts aren't real. Hate to break it to you guys. Well, Bigfoot. They're not real. Bigfoot. Aliens. Eh, maybe. I, aliens. Probably, I don't know. Maybe. Chupacabra. Um, <laughs> God, I remember when I was really Chupacabra. young. <laughs> Chupacabra. <laughs> that Chupacabra thing. Did you guys ever see the the Red vs. Blue cartoons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, of course, man. What it, there was one of those episodes... I can't remember what the context was, but one of the guys says, El Chupanibre, or something like that. (laughs) He was talking to one of the other guys, and I don't know, that came up. Anyway, um, no, I've never had any paranormal uh, experiences. There is one haunted place in San Diego called the Whaley House. You can go take a tour of it. It's not that scary. Um, it's this really, really tiny house. The scariest thing about it is like how people possibly lived in those tiny, tiny rooms. Mm. Um, I think it used to be a courthouse too. It's like, how would you conduct business in this (laughs) tiny little room? It's like a bathroom. Um, it's a logistical nightmare more than anything else. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I remember when I was young, a friend of mine was telling me about all these paranormal experiences he had, and I can't remember all of them, but they were all pretty ridiculous. One of them was that his TV... He was watching TV late at night, and then 
words popped up on the screen that said good night and it turned off. And I'm like, oh, that is kind of weird. That's spooky. And then I, I was really young. So one day I'm like in my room watching TV and I'm playing around with it. And I realized there's a sleep timer button. Uh, so I hit sleep timer. I'm like, okay, like 15 minutes. Cool. And then after 15 minutes, the words pop up and they say, good night. And my TV turns off. So I'm like, okay, well, your TV <laughs> wasn't good, dude. Bobby was a, a, a fun spoiler even back then, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? One of my God first, one of my first girlfriends have a, has a paranormal uh, story, and I one hundred percent believe her. Yet I don't believe in whatever she told me. Paranormal. Maybe I'll tell that one on next episode. Okay. Ooh, next episode shaping up to be a good one, guys. <laughs> I feel like we should have just saved this question if you're saving all these answers here. I do. I'll tell you what does scare me though is um, like anything having to do with like possession or the devil or things like that. Just because of like being raised in a church, I think like I'm a little more prone to that. And I remember, what? I, are you kidding me, dude? Really? Yeah. I mean, it all seems ridiculous, right? But then, like you yeah. know, you see the tapes of like these people being possessed, or like you know, you can go down down the YouTube rabbit hole and listen to like the old tapes of like people performing an exorcism or like some lady that's possessed and who knows if like how valid it is. But I remember one time in church, there was like a youth leader who was talking about his experience of a, of uh, when he was young and some other kid being possessed and like speaking in strange tongues and stuff. And it like freaked me out a whole lot, but I don't know. I, I know that stuff's pretty ridiculous, but like I, that, that's always like the scariest of movies to me are, um, are always those those possession movies. When I was younger, not anymore, but when I was younger, it was all about like short men watching me in bed, like uh, like aliens, <laughs> like like small. Hmm. It, it was never like a big monster. I was like, I, I don't care. A big monster, I could jump out of the way or whatever. But the fucking something, a diminutive three, four foot thing just watching me at night, that would, ugh. Like oh. a gnome or something, or like like aliens. They're not okay. supposed to be that tall, but aliens, then yeah, yeah. But anything, you so, know. There's a there's a movie that was a found footage movie in the '80s, and it wasn't very popular. But it's like it's got to be the first found footage movie because Blair Witch was not the first found nah, footage. No, but believe it or not, I mean it was the first big popular one. But yeah, there you go. The garden gnomes coming to get you. Uh, there was a Goosebumps book about that, um, but. There's this movie called The McPherson Tape, and it, it's pretty ridiculous if you watch it now. It's like somebody using like a home video recorder from the 80s, and the aliens look pretty damn ridiculous. But it's it's pretty short. It's on Shutter. You could check it out. It, I, it might even be on Tubi for free, but or YouTube. But it's um, it, it's about that. Like these people are like having a birthday party at their house, and like they see something off in the distance. They go to investigate. They see like. A, like a spaceship and they freak out and run back and then they just get stalked by aliens the whole movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have a gutter known, I have a gutter gnome uh, story around the corner from here. There's a guy who has a garden gnome, like uh thing. There's like a train. There's like, it's like a garden gnome garden, I guess like there's garden gnomes everywhere. There's gotta be 50 garden gnomes in his, in his yard. So, uh, three years ago, uh, on, I was in like the 99 cent store and I saw a zombie gnome and I was like, Oh, this is perfect for that guy. I don't know him, but mm -hmm. I, I see his garden of garden gnomes all the time. So I knock on it. No, I don't. Do I knock on, I knock on the door. Nobody answers. There's three cars in the, somebody was home. They just ignored me. 
I put the zombie gnome, which is pretty cool. It wasn't like a shitty gnome. I put it right there in front of his, uh, you know, his doorstep. There's no way he can miss it. I'm like, cool. Mission accomplished. Left. I've walked by there every single time I walk my dog from now. Never seen that gnome. So I think he threw my gnome right in the garbage, dude. <laughs> so like, you know, <laughs> your gnome's not cool enough. For yeah, yeah. Somehow, somehow, my gnome that I thought was pretty cool wasn't cool enough for garden gnome guy. So that's mm. that's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he thought like uh, it was evil or something like that. I Maybe. Don't know. People are really be. weird about gnomes. Yeah. Saw a King of the Hill episode about that. Um, there, I, I know I've told this story on the podcast, but it's probably been years. But I, when we're talking about things that scare us, my favorite thing to always bring up is this episode of Scary Sleepover with Adam Green that I watched like uh, years ago. So Adam Green, he's this director. He made a movie called Frozen. No, not that one. One about people on a ski lift that gets stuck in the middle of the night and then slowly freeze to death. Um, and then get stalked by wolves. But he directs a lot of these uh, uh, scary movies. And he used to do this show called Scary S- S- uh, Sleepover, where he'd have like, you know, scream queens or like people from horror movies come over and they'd like pretend like they're having a sleepover, watch a scary movie, and then they'd talk about stuff. And he'd always ask him, so what scares you? And, you know, the scream queens would be like, ooh, spiders, ooh, the dark. And then he had Sid Haig on there, which everybody would remember as Captain Spaulding from A House of a Thousand Corpses, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that'll. You don't know that no. movie? Don't you like clowns? No, not at all, man. <laughs> or he tells a kid, if you can't tell me, what does he say? He says, if you can't tell me one good reason why you don't like clowns, I'm going to come out of here and shoot you in the face. <laughs> like, and they do it usually when they shoot something like that and there's like a kid and an adult. Like they, they cut it up so the kid doesn't have to be there. But it's right. just like they're in the same frame and he's just like, I'm going to shoot you and your whole fucking family like right in the kid's face. Uh, Jesus But anyway, Sid Haig, um, he, he was... Um, he was in some Tim- Tarantino movies. You'd recognize him if you saw him. He died recently. But anyway, Sid Haig's on Scary Sleepover, and they're talking, and they get to the question, so what do you think, Scary? And it's not spiders or the dark. He looks right at him, and he goes, the fact that we're trillions of dollars in debt to the Chinese, and the government thinks that we don't know about it, but I know. And he goes on this whole rant. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, dude, that is such an old man answer. Because if you ask me, what are you scared of? I'm just like, it's all like, I don't know, work, finances, like things like that. It's not spiders or the dark. It's like real life shit. Like, and this is exactly what this guy's bringing to the table here. <laughs> it's like when uh, Clint Eastwood uh, won like Best Picture or something. And he went up there and just did this whole one man monologue where he pretended to be. Is that the chair thing? The chair thing. Yeah. Where he talked about, talked to Obama, like an invisible Obama. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. We get weird when we're old. Yeah. Uh, You were born old though. So. Yeah. Um, Zach has another, or Zap has another question here. He says, do you think extraterrestrials are real and have they visited earth? Dude, this is all for next week. Um, yeah. Well, I guess this is our Halloween episode now because technically our next episode comes out in November. So yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of doing like the Halloween show post Halloween. Sorry, we can be spooky on both. Uh, You're making me real. choose. This is a thing that I've never, I don't know. You watch Alien, Ancient Aliens season one, and you're like, obviously, aliens are real. So there's no way around it. And then, you know, there's like Ancient Aliens debunked, and then it goes back and forth and back and forth. Uh, I'm 50 50. I'm 50 50 on the whole thing. Well, 
I do believe they exist on other planets that we have no contact. Whether or not they've been here is where I'm 50-50. But didn't they just say Uh, they found life on Venus? I agree with you. Not recently? Yeah, or they said there's a a possibility that life could exist on Venus, like the the atmosphere could support a certain kind of creature or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, these are like, it's like on Mars. It's like when they find a life, it's like bugs or something. It's not even bugs. It's uh, it's usually bacteria. Yeah, yeah. Like life. Uh, the the strange thing that would ever happen is like if we ever found bacteria and it wasn't carbon based, that would make everybody shit their pants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but, man. I don't usually ponder these questions too much anymore. I'm too I, worried I about think, the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese, man. That's so funny. Um okay, Zap asks, who's your favorite horror villain or monster? Ooh, dude! I um, love fucking werewolves. I've always loved werewolves. Fuck you! You ruined werewolves for me from as a young child. Why? You piece of shit! You took me to go see American Werewolf in Paris when I was seven. You know how traumatizing that is for a seven-year-old. Now are they your in favorite? Paris or London? London. London. Okay, that's a good movie. That's a great movie. Congratulations! Yeah. I'm not supposed to see boobs and or people get ripped apart when you're eleven <laughs> and seven. You're welcome, dude. God. Yeah, the gore in that movie was so well done. And that was like, this was like, this movie was like groundbreaking for transformation scenes. Like we had never was, seen a transformation like no, no, that. No, 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 no. Not this one in Paris. The one okay. I was like seven. You took me to the theater. So I didn't, it wasn't okay. London. Yeah, it was the, the newer one. It yeah, the newer, newer one. one. Yeah, this one came out in like 1981. So, Nick, it's funny because yeah, like, this five. is like, this is one of the most trans like uh transformative days of your and for me it was like thursday you know what i mean like i don't even remember i remember taking you to a movie ever and for you you're like (laughs) i can't look at things with fur now (laughs) there's a there's an m bison quote from the old street fighter movie where chun lee's like you killed my whole family blah 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 and m bison repeats the same thing back and he's like i admit he's like i for that day was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was just Tuesday. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, you're an asshole. I begged <laughs> to go to the movies with you. I begged to go to the movies with you, and you took me to see that shit. Well, there you go, dude. Worst uncle uh, ever. All right, so werewolves. Right, what about you, Bobby? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I talked about on a movies on the DL episode, I talked about how much I liked the saw villain jigsaw. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really creative and we haven't really had a, um, we haven't really had like a series or a franchise, a horror franchise like that sense, you know, where you got like eight or nine Isn't movies he out of back. It. Well, dude, yeah, he's always coming back. Yeah. They had, uh, uh, one Spiral, last year right with Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's anti villain or there's anti heroes, but he's almost like an anti villain in a little way. Yeah, yeah, because it's he's kind of a complicated character, yeah. morally gray, if you will. I guess I guess Magneto too is also like a anti-villain because mm-hmm. yeah. he, he's fighting for the justice of, of the mutants. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole moral quandary. Yeah, um, for me, it's zombies. I fucking love zombies, man. They they fucked me up as a kid, like morally, well, not morally, but like mentally, uh, because my parents thought it was a good idea to let me look at zombie movies when i was a kid and uh yeah uh, it fucked me up pretty bad and uh still love them 
And uh, yeah, some of my favorite movies are zombie movies. Like my favorite, one of my favorite comedies is Shaun of the Dead. I watch like every Halloween. Sniper, whatever this is, send it to me. I need to re. I need to look at that. Whatever that is that you're looking at right the, now, the spaceship comparison chart. Yo, this is fucking awesome, dude. You know it's even better. There's YouTube. There's a YouTube channel that shows the 3D versions of each one. Ooh, I've seen that that those wow videos. Mm-hmm. There's new. There's there's one where he like he updates it every year, where it shows like different universes and stuff now. Uh, where are we at? That is the end of the listener questions. So what's everybody playing next week? I said uh, that I wasn't going to play anymore because I thought of Riff Breaker because I thought that we were done. But if there's another week, uh, the only it's a good game. It's pretty. Um, it's fun. Um, I just saw the depth of it and it scared me. Like I, I, I looked and I was like, oof, this there not only is there a rabbit hole, there are several rabbit holes you can go down hmm. um, strategy wise, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It almost feels like a like a a sieve game that's also like uh, there are they are billions. Um, yeah, hmm. that darkest dungeon too. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to play, uh, well, Rift Breaker, going to be playing that this week. And I don't know, I really, I want to continue with Eternal Cylinder, but I also kind of want to play Dark Side Detective 2, or the second season of that, um, because that's a little more in line with the Halloween season. I, I really want something that's a little more lighthearted. Not like trying to be super scary or like these run and hide simulators. And I love those. What were the um, games with the trick-or-treating kids? Oh, um, God, I can't believe I forgot the name of that. Costume Quest. Costume Quest. Yeah, I love those games. And I don't want to replay them. And there's not a third one. So I don't know. I'm looking for something that's kind of got that tone to it. And I think Dark Side Detective 2 would be like that. It's been a while since a point-and-click adventure game, too. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think that's going to be it for me. I talked myself into it. Hey, Sniper. Oh, and Killing you... Floor 2. Sniper, can we get a list of everything we talked about? Do you have it somewhere? Yeah, it's right there. So, so I can go over it. Okay, so on the radar was Haunted Chocolatier, uh, Stolen Realm, uh, Crimson Vow, Darkest, Darkest Dungeon 2, Inscription. Bobby, I think you should play that. Hmm. Uh Killing Floor 2, uh, Deep Rock Galactic, uh, highlights was Deep Rock Galactic, Binding of Isaac, Back for Blood, New World, and the movie Dune. Uh, Nick, did you say what you were going to play? Yeah, I said uh, uh, Darkest Dungeon 2. Okay. You should be playing Rift Breaker because that's what we agreed on. <laughs> I will play Rift Breaker then. <coughs> Speaking for Bobby, Chris, Nick, Emilio and myself. <laughs> Rift Breaker titties, everybody. Bob. Boops, boops, and then. I know I counted myself twice. It was part of the joke, you fucks. It was funny. Thanks. <laughs>